If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Carlza Show. I've never been a fan of these late kickoffs on a Monday. Um, my word, um, what a way to have your week completely ruined, you know. Um, uh, Liverpool there, getting their pants pulled down by Manchester United, who've already had their pants pulled down twice in the league. But here we are, the final full-time result. Manchester United 2 and a toothless Liverpool 1. Um, there is so much to say about this and I can't say it all. And I am actually honoured that I have Justin with me. Justin, welcome. I'm usually... Uh able to find silver linings in, in anything as far as, you know, performances go. Um, there's, there's nothing here. This, this was front to back terrible. Um, worst game I've seen us play in a really long time. Not particularly happy, not particularly happy with the individual performances, not particularly happy with how our system operated, not particularly happy with the urgency that manager used in managing the game, not particularly happy with the fact that I couldn't even celebrate solid goal because of the fact that it, it felt like a consolation, right? Uh, if we'd scored another one and gotten ourselves, gotten ourselves a point out of that, a draw that feels like a win at Old Trafford is not something that I'm used to in this particular generation of either Liverpool or Manchester United. So um, the best possible outcome in that last 15 minutes was still pretty shit. Um, just all really, really terrible and bad performances all around. Absolutely, and there's um, a lot of um, uh, in, you know um, a lot of our um, subscribers and listeners are interactive on Discord right now. And I've just read one, and it kind of made me laugh. It's by Ramiz Akhtar, and he's just basically wrote, "Would have been better if there was a protest today, and we got the game called off." Yes, I agree. I would like those three points. Oh gosh, yeah, we'll talk about that. And you know what? Um, in a nutshell, Justin, you do not sound happy, and we'll get into the nooks and crannies of everything. What you've kind of just highlighted there. I think a lot of people are feeling the same. But we do have a fair few callers today. So, and I know it's late, so I kind of want to give them their airtime first. So, um, making his return back on the Nina Kaza show, it is um our. I'm a regular, I'm a Kieran. Kieran, welcome back to the Nina Kaza show. You know the drill, you know what to do. The floor is yours. Uh, thank you very much indeed. No, it's a pleasure having you on, Kieran. We missed you last week, but uh, feel free to say whatever you need to say right now. You know, go for it. Uh, 
Well, I mean, what can you say? It was uh, an absolutely an abomination of a performance. I think. Mm. Um, I mean, I know you always talk. I know he's always talk about the lineup first, but once I seen that midfield, I was worried straight away. Straight away, I just knew that this could be a bad night, and so it proved. Um, I just thought it was a shambolic display all round, and I think um, you know it fucking. Breaks my heart to say this, but uh, you have to say that that not deserved to win the game on the night. It was just, from us, it was just a bad, bad night. And we have to get a right together sooner or later because two points from um, a plus, from uh, two points from a plus one nine is just simply not good enough, especially where we aim to be, uh, especially what we're aiming for, you know. So, like you said before, I think there's a lot, a lot of work to be done behind the scenes. and. This needs to change very quickly. Yeah, absolutely horrendous. And um, yeah, you're absolutely um, pretty much feeling what we're feeling there, Kieran. We will get into the lineup and obviously our feelings when we saw it and, um, you know, just how maybe we were all kind of proven correct. But Kieran, thank you so much for your call. Just My pleasure. Um, no, no, it's it's thank you for kicking things off on, on the Nina Casa show. Justin, I mean, there's plenty to talk about. We've got a couple more callers, but um, I guess we've got to kind of touch the point there, what Kieran just alluded to there. Um, starting lineup on the bench. You know, I'm looking there now, I'm like, don't look good, don't look good. You know, I think the biggest one um, was probably Fab being on the bench and that midfield. Yeah. I think that's what was maybe the, the red flags for so many people, but yours, you, go go ahead. You can't play a midfield of Henderson and Milner from the start of a game, in particular at Old Trafford. It's a bigger pitch. I don't care about how bad Manchester United are. I was more clear about the fact that maybe we could beat them before the game. But you know what I also remembered? Milner and Henderson give you a total lack of ability. Milner is a decent tactical and technical football player. Not great, but decent. Henderson is not a particularly good technical footballer outside of his ability to pass and for simple possession, which he did very poorly today. And Milner mm-hmm. um, playing the left side of the field. should not be starting. Really... Justin, can we agree that it, he should not be starting? He given should not be starting. And given the fact that he played last Monday. James Miller is a guy who should be playing 30-minute increments here. He's a squad player. Yes, you occasionally have to use your squad players as starters, but you have Fabinho, who, who's at least fit enough to play the last half hour, start with him. You uh, you have you know I guess on Dabby Kata's Liverpool career uh, kind of hangs in the balance there because apparently he's they're gonna you know who knows if he plays for us again I, I, I have no idea but at some point you can't just do that it's too immobile too flexible and th- there's another thing about Milner playing that left sided role the left sided role is the role of where you no know, like people think of the sidedness too much in reality it's the tactical role the right sided role is the one who's responsible for Creating attacking ambition, and creating that try the try the right side of the triangle with Trent and Mo, and really does that really well. The side of the role is the one's task to actually be controlling, and act, and and a lot of that movement can be side to side. If you look at Tiago, Ginny, and Navi, never, not every piece of running they do is just in straight lines. Milner is just kind of runs in straight lines ahead, so he destroys the balance of how your left side works. Right, Robertson and Diaz have. Like they've been on the same much this season, and I think it's just because of the fact that who's whoever's been playing the left side of midfield hasn't worked well with them, right? It was Tiago for fifty minutes, and then he hurt himself, and then it was Milner for basically the almost two full games, and that's 
that's going to hurt that. Basically, right now, our entire attack is get the ball to Mo, get the ball to Diaz and her hope magic. That's not a good recipe. We need more coherence. Part of the coherence is actually the ones we have available, but I haven't talked about the transfer market, in positions that actually suit their skill sets and make you actually cohesive when you're playing. Bop has gotten that wrong so far this season. Will he get it right and fix it? And can we go on a run? Absolutely. But nobody wants to hear that right now. Nobody wants to hear about us going on a run right now. They just want to see him get it right for our next game against Bournemouth, right? And you can't see, you can't, you can't see both of them because they're usually players within the club. At the same time, you can't start them together. And if they're not going to play well, they need to be, they, they need to be sitting on the bench because you have to actually deal with what you have uh, in total merit. I mean, if you want to talk about the worst moment of the match, Jordan Henderson passed the ball directly into Marcus Rashford's into Marcus Rashford's path. Um, it was a gorgeous assist. It was his second best assist. It was, it was, you know, he had an assist like uh, that last season too. The thing is, you're supposed to be passing it towards the other team's goal. Yeah. It was absolutely horrendous. And you spoke about, you know, Elliot there. And, you know, like, I'm not being funny. You look at teams like Man City. You look at teams like Chelsea. All right, they probably didn't have the best results. But, you know, when they bring on these young midfielders, they're there to kind of, you know, get a little bit of an experience and kind of things. Elliot pretty much carried that midfield today. That's not right. It's not right. Sometimes the best thing you can have in midfield is energy. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and he bought that in abundance. He was the only one that was maybe trying to do something a little creative in that midfield. I mean, we'll talk about everything and we will talk about the performance. But um, Justin, I'm just going to hold you there for a second because we do have yeah. a second caller um, and I'll bring them in, see what they have to say as well. Because I think a lot of people just want to let off some steam. Um, so I'm going to bring on our second caller now. Um, JC Tyrone, welcome to the Nina Kauser show. Hi, Nina. Can you hear me? Hi, okay? uh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, football aside, I'm I'm grand, but yeah, you know, and I think we're and I think we're all like that. Um, so you know what? Um, you know the drill. Um, take it away. Just, just it's it's like a group therapy session. Just say whatever you need to say. Oh, uh, I know. Me and me and Justin do group therapy and Discord pretty regularly. But um, this um, I think this performance just put a few full stops on a few things. I mean. Bobby, I don't think is a viable option for us up front. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just the Henderson Milner, Milner is just can't happen anymore. I, when a lot of people have been screaming out for a midfield, uh, a new midfielder of some sort. You know, we've got this huge void in between our young kids and our older midfielders, and it's, and it's not being filled. And it's you know, hopefully something happens before the end of the window, but. What's happening at Liverpool right now is is not viable. It's not, you know, we were we were supposed to be going for a title challenge, and now we're starting to think is top four. I know Chelsea lost at the weekend, but are are we even? Are we going to do a run of games together now to stay in contention? I, it's just so so frustrating to see this happening and everyone knowing this happening, and then to watch it week in and week out now. It's 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 just a serious problem. I'm just not happy. So you can take it away from there, guys. No, thank you so much for your call. And you know, again, you've highlighted another problem there. I mean, we've kind of spoken about the midfield. I'm sure we'll, it'll be a running theme throughout the show. But Justin, I'm going to come to you there because I think JC Tyrone kind of mentioned um, Roberto Firmino there, and we've 
we've always been fans. I think so many Liverpool supporters have been fans of Roberto Firmino. But for me today, like, um, for me today, I mean, I know he's just come back from, um, from being out from, for, for a little injury or whatever. Um, but I thought he really struggled today. Um, I thought we made it so easy for Martinez and Varane because there was nobody there occupying that space. I thought they had it quite easy, certainly in, in like the first half where there was just nobody there. You know, Bobby was sort of chipping into the midfield. I, you know, because again, um, you know, we, we were losing it there. And, you know, even like when I look at the, the, the corner that we had in the first half, um, uh, and, you know, between Martinez and Bruno, they almost scored an own goal where, you know, like they were kind of like, there was a lapse of concentration between them. And Bobby was just so slow to react in that situation. And then they kept panning the camera to Nunez. And I was just like, you know, if you were there, you know, like the fox in the box, that kind of player, I just don't think he's it. And I think that's what we need and what we certainly need in that, in that area. I felt like he was too deep today. And I don't think he had a good game. He had a few piss poor miscontrolled balls in, in the penalty box in the second half as well that I kind of noticed. I just felt like he wasn't it. And I felt like he was just trying to lay off the ball. It, it was almost like a lack of assurance in himself or confidence to kind of take a shot. And if it was, it was not great. It, 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 not great is underselling it. it, it yeah. Was, it was, <laughs> so it's going to be nice. I love Bobby. He, he, I love the guy. Give me some of the greatest days and moments of my of my uh, sporting life. On the other hand, you know, time comes for everybody, and he put in a lot. He put in a lot of running that will kill your legs. That might just he just doesn't look like he has the quickness to do this. But also, I think at the same time, some of the reason he's suffering is tactical. Our false not a false nine where you have up the gut playing with you, Henderson and Milner. None of those three guys really advance the ball or are really quick on. You know, really quick with it at this point, you're just getting it. You're just going to run into the teeth of a defense every single time. There's no spacing there. It's a broken. It's a that's a broken passing network where you're giving yourself nothing to do. Ideally, you have you know Firmino pulling center set the center back so that you can have Diaz or Salah running in behind. But which is what he used to do. Pump, pump. Bobby Firmino used to do that. yeah, Yeah, he did. But at the same time, also our midfielders would cover a bit more ground and. Quite frankly, Ginny Wijnaldum is a you know significantly more uh, more technically gifted midfielder than any of the guys that we can put out on the left side right now. Until either we decide on playing you know Naby Keita, which I don't think is going to happen, or Thiago comes back. So there needs to be a there needs to be a solution, and that solution might need, you know it has to come soon because otherwise you I mean it's, it's you either play Fabio Carvalho, where we looked a lot better when he came onto the pitch today. Until Jota and Diaz are until Jota and uh, Darwin are back, like that's the one I'm least concerned about because we have an answer there. It's just the question is whether or not those answers get back in time for us to not have completely and totally put ourselves like you know much further behind and burying ourselves than we have. Right? We haven't fully buried ourselves, but we're making it really early, very quick. I mean, really late, very quick. And you can't bury you know you can't bury yourself like that. And we're we're doing it, but. I think the bigger issue is, again, it's just, it's all tactical. You, you have a lot of guys who look slow up the middle of the pitch and who also aren't great technically. Like, fairly, it's fairly simple to me. It's, it's having a, a splinter effect on the entire team. Yeah, I, I, I feel that like that's very costly because, um, again, they were kind of talking about, and I think, to, um, uh, you know, Tyrone, um, uh, 
JC Tyrone was kind of mentioning that the midfield was an absolute shambles as well and like you know everything is quite problematic but you know there was a lot of emphasis on where I watched the game which was Sky Sports here in, in the UK and I, I think in, in England and I think uh, you know that's where most people watched it here and you know there was just massive emphasis on, on our defence for the goal and, and such things and um, I just felt like they you know like like you said like the holding thing of everything is the midfield and obviously we'll get into that in in a minute and of course you know if your attackers are really really dropping deep to trying to get the ball you know there's something fundamentally wrong it basically means there's no creative output there's no supply to them and they have to go and find their own supply which you know is something that you kind of don't want and I was actually watching match of the day too last night and um you know they had Jermaine Defoe and uh and I and sharing the role of strikers and like how it's great to have a number nine, you know, the stereotypical number nine back again. And Jermaine and and they were talking about um Holland's um uh, um touches against uh, Bournemouth that you know well he still got an assist and you know um Defoe was kind of speaking about the fact that every time he tried getting more touches or he wanted to chip in in with the midfielders they they'd send him away. Like go away, you know. You you will take care of this. We'll 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 get you the ball. We'll get you the supply. You stay where you need to, and that doesn't quite happen in Liverpool because you know, like. They, and I actually thought about his points, and I was thinking, look at Roberto Firmino here. He's such a unique player that he's and he's done it a lot. And maybe in the past that is something that we've really really praised him. But when you're in that situation, it was absolutely frustrating the fact that there was absolutely no supply, no creativity from the midfield. Um, JC Tyrone, thank you so much for your call. Um, really, really appreciated your input and, and your insight there. Um, uh, thank you so much. No problem, Gina or Nina. Uh, uh, just want to say the vibes is really bad in that team too. I'm, I don't know everyone else noticed it, but it's just a bad vibe seems to be flowing. Yes, the team yes, we're, we're going to get into that as well because obviously, yes, I yeah, the harmony did not look great. Um, uh, thank you so much, um, uh, JC Tyrone. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Right, you know what? Because it is late, we're going to go to our third caller. I don't think anyone else is calling. If anyone wants to call in, guys, on Discord, feel free to drop us a message and we'll get you on. If he's still online, let me see if he's still on. Yes, he is. Let's bring on our third caller, Sandeep. Um, uh, welcome to the show. Okay, we seem to be having some issues, technical issues with, with Sandeep and his mic. We'll see if we can, like, figure that out or sort that out. Justin, let's carry on talking. Again, um, uh, Tyrone kind of mentioned there. Um, let's talk about the vibes. Yeah, let's talk about the vibes. Because one thing that you always have to say is that this team looks very united, looks very, um, you know, together. And there was a lot of shouting and screaming in, you know, people's faces. Like, you know, for example... Um, James Milner absolutely screaming at Virgil van Dijk that you should have gone for that ball, you should have cleared that ball and you know, um, Virgil van Dijk actually and he was screaming in his face and I actually have to give a lot of credit to Virgil van Dijk in that instance where he didn't kind of retaliate or scream back and then there was instances where you saw um, Milner screaming at Henderson and vice versa, there was just a lot of like, I don't know, like a blame game Like it's, it's I, it's it's you know what it is. You could handle it if it was a, a captain or a leader yelling at one of the younger players to do things because you expect that, right? You expect that that's how you keep younger players kind of in tune to the intensity of the game. But when it's Milner and Van Dyke going at each other, or Milner and Henderson going at each other, something seems really off because those are three solid professional leaders who have been in the same dressing room for years, know how to deal with each other, get along. Do all of these things to get you know have have been in the same setup for a long time. All have the all have the uh, you know 
the trust of the manager, all are part of the leadership of the team. Of the team, and if they're going at each other, it just looks ugly. I expect that that'll get put to get to bed pretty quickly because one of the things that's never really festered in this squad has been uh, these kind of interpersonal rivalries. That said, and I think a thing to watch out for, and I don't want to try to get too fatalistic about this, is oftentimes when teams hit the end of a run, this might be the kind of thing that happens. That it happens, right? So. You have to hope that that's not it, and we just got to hope that it's the teething pains and growing pains of a bad start to a season that that you know still to me holds quite a bit of promise. But it's not a particularly good look. You don't, you know, you want to see that get nipped in the bud quickly. I suspect Klopp will nip this in the bud pretty quickly, and it's tough for me to think that this team is going to go from incredibly united and deeply happy, um, the deeply happy side, and you know, cohesive side that you saw. Go go as far as they did last season, and also you know look as cohesive and you know enjoy you know, enjoy uh, their football as much as they did at the community field. I don't think that's going to disappear this quickly. I just think that they recognize there's a lot of pressure on them from their support to uh, you know to, to to win. Sometimes it's, and sometimes uh, it takes a performance like this to uh, pull you down a peg so that you actually know what you have to do to win. Yeah, and I think it's also worth noting as well, Justin, that this is probably the worst start that these set of players have had collectively together um, under Jurgen Klopp and in this Liverpool team. And again, it's a different kind of pressure. It's a different kind of maybe a response that is required. And maybe they've not found themselves in that situation. So again, you know, a lot of questions are being asked internally of themselves. Yeah, I mean, these, these are guys who have been serial winners for the last five seasons. Have they won as much as some of our some of their supporters would like uh, supporters would like them to? No, but they're still winners. They've won a lot of things. They've won every single possible piece of silverware in the last five years. So, you know, it's not like all of a sudden these guys have forgotten what they've accomplished together. It's just every so often shit happens. You, you know, if you go to a job, you have friends who you have from work, but they're going to piss you off sometimes. You're going to get into it. It's. You know, you have your family. You're going to get into shit with your family. It happens. It's just, you know, being close to someone, familiarity breeds contempt, I believe is the cliche we're looking for here. And you just have to hope it doesn't fester because squad disharmony would be exceptionally bad for us. Considering yeah. how much we play on emotion and intensity. No, I, I completely, I completely, completely agree. That is another thing that we don't want because you know but we will be under the microscope with the media and such things um it's it's not going to be great um so yeah i i hope we manage to nip that in the bud um quickly and i think the only way we're going to do that is we get like a win under our belt which is absolutely crucial but today justin it it was it was not great and you know united you know can we just say it before we kind of get into the game or where they kind of hurt us a lot as bad as they were they actually deserve to win I think they deserve to win. I agree. They were better than us. They deserve to win. But we were architects of our own demise here. Like, if I'm that Manchester United side, I'm probably confident because we just beat a team that's owned us recent history. But they, they, they weren't. They weren't good. They're, they're still not good. Like, we're still significantly better than them. We just played like shit with having a ton of injuries and a bad feeling about us. And... That's the part that sucks. You want to step on their throat when they're down because of how long they did it to us. And it stinks when you throw away one of those opportunities, but you know what? 
they have to come to Anfield in the second half of the season. Hopefully we can do something extremely humbling to them. Um, that's really as far as I can go with this because, quite frankly, I don't really want to see them again. I don't want to see them more than one other time this season. Yeah, absolutely right. Okay, well, unfortunately, Sandeep is, we're having some issues, but he did send in his question, Justin, and um, I guess we can talk about it. Again, this pod is a little bit erratic, it's a little bit everywhere. And his question is, um, what were the midfield roles? Um, you know, because one thing I kind of noticed was, and which is quite scary, was the fact that we were actually not winning the midfield battle at all. Um, I felt like, you know, Henderson, was, uh, although he plays the better six, I think we'll agree on that. I don't think he did a great job in terms of screening the defence. I thought Bruno Fernandes completely ran the show. Um, I thought James Milner was really, really leggy and like sluggish. It was almost like he had lead in his boots. Not quick, like he said, you know, just a straight running, just, you know, like almost like trying to run into brick walls. Um, there wasn't. I don't know, it, it felt like there wasn't much thought in terms of passage of play or overlapping runs. There was nothing like a smart, cute pass. There was nothing really going on, just like sort of run and, run and drill. And Henderson, you kind of touched on, on his um, passing ability today. Um, I don't think it was overly great. I think, you know, in in the first half, I think it was, he did try switching up, you know, trying to do the switch of play, trying to get it to Robbo and things. But there just wasn't much going on with the midfield. And there wasn't much screening and protecting as well. Do you, do you think that there was any point in, in today's game where you could say that our midfield was able to be compact and then expand? Because to me, it just seemed like they were all very far from each other at all times. And the only one who really offered anything was Elliot, who still just got isolated every place. And... I think, I think Harvey wasn't helped by the fact that Henderson wasn't particularly good at doing any sort of screening. Like, if you were asking what their roles were, I would probably say it looked like Bobby was playing the six and Henderson was playing the ten, which is not how you draw that up. Yeah. But, um, actually, like, I actually watched but, at one point in the first half and there was a few meters between Henderson and Firmino. I'm not even lying. And that shouldn't be. The way you want that set up the structure is you want Milner and Elliot to be between the two of them. So that you can actually have your forwards picking up the ball in forward positions. The only one of our forwards who got the ball in anything resembling a forward position was Salah, and it, it took so long to get him the ball that they would that, that United could just collapse on him, and he was rendered relatively ineffective. Uh, I, I think that the midfield plan was just disastrous, and you do need players who know how to actually combine with each other and pass through traps instead of just passing into trap, which is what we did. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it was just ugly. I think the midfield needs to be reassessed with the idea first off of going into the transfer market because it's clear we're short bodies. And then also it needs to be reassessed as far as actually playing com- personnel combinations and that work and players who play in their right positions. Like you can play Henderson and Elliott at the six eight combo, but then you need someone who does more mobile who has more mobility, who can connect defense to attack with them. Right? Like you could probably get away with Tiago Henderson and Elliot in a in a game or Tiago or, or Henderson, Kata and Elliot, the game where we have a lot of the ball, because of the fact that you're gonna get a lot of activity out of Elliot and Nabby in front of Henderson. You can't play James Milner there. You can't do that. He's not gonna 
he is not dynamic enough either with the ball or out of possession to give you anything in that situation. Like, it, it's, it's basically bringing a player in who, instead of allowing for him to complement the best features of the other two players he play, plays with, highlights the worst features in them. Like, Henderson and Fabinho do the same thing when they play together, too, because neither one of them is particularly mobile, and they want to cover the same ground. Like, it's, it's, it's as much about individual talents as it is about what kind of system you want to play and how do the players you're playing in that system complement each other in their roles. Today, it didn't feel like... It, it felt like the destabilization of Henderson and Milner made so that you, regardless of what either one of them does well, you were bringing out the worst in both. Yeah, and, you know, I've, I've just pulled up some stats. I've, I've not got the stats from the first half because, obviously, that is something we need to look at. But Sky was saying that Liverpool um, had something like 70% ball possession in the first half. But I was like, but what the fuck are you doing with it? Do, do you know what I mean? Like, that, that stat right now means absolutely nothing. We were a goal down, and the goal actually happened within 15 minutes, Justin, which is a, a recurring trend and theme for Liverpool now, where they seem to keep going behind. But, you know, they did have a bit of a warning. Um, I think it was around about nine minutes. I thought, you know, Elanga was having so much joy against, on the right-hand side against Trent. You know, um, he beat Sally. It was, it, was, it was so easy, you know, like, but he, um, he, he, clipped, he clipped the post. Really, like, that was the first warning sign, right, at nine minutes, the way they kind of just played this quick, th- you know, these quick through balls through our defence, just, just zip it really quick. Like, that did not look like a te- team that lost um, 4-0 against, Brent- um, uh, against Brentford. But, you know, here they were zipping it. They had some passion. They had, you know, they, they had more about them. Liverpool just did not look cohesive at all. And, you know, so that happened at nine minutes. In 15, um, 15 minutes, you know, Sancho gets his goal and, um, you know, let's talk about that because I was absolutely bemused by the fact that he was allowed so many touches in the box before he actually took his shot. So, and Milner just slides across like, I don't, it was just a chaotic mess in terms of shit. Let's replay every single thing that happens in that goal. Henderson charges out of position to press the wrong player. Trent is so far out of position that he can get nowhere near the right back area that the ball's cut into before being passed to before being passed to Santo. Milner gets turned around and dives in way too early to give Milner an op- to give to give Sancho an open shot, and then Virgil Van Dyke decided that he wanted to have a cigarette and you know wait for uh, wait for it to happen. Like literally, literally, it's a bad team goal caused by a chain reaction of events that are just unacceptable at this particular level against this particular team, right? Manchester United cannot hurt you unless you give them all the time in the world because they simply don't have a coherent team structure. If you give any team an easy pass to the basically the penalty area and then give the player five seconds to play with the ball and shoot it, he's going to score. Yeah. It, it's just, it was just bad. Just so bad. Yeah, and one thing that kind of really bothered me about that whole first 20 minutes was the fact that, you know, obviously the the crowd were up for it, you know. And the, the longer that game went on, you know, United would have been more and more settled. 
And for me, the the thing that I kind of noticed was, um, and we didn't do this, was, you know, we didn't really, like, press their defence enough. And, you know, we didn't get stuck into them. And, you know, those kind of things really, really helped because that's where they kind of wobbled against Brentford. And, you know, even Brighton made their life really, really difficult. And, you know, I just felt like we didn't expose their weaknesses. And then, obviously, so that goal happened in 15 minutes. And then... There was absolutely nothing happening from Liverpool. And then Diaz tried to copy and paste his goal from Crystal Palace last week. Um, but for me, there was just... In that moment, I felt like we we couldn't string a pass together. It was just all disorientated. We looked shell-shocked. So, you know, there was it was just a real, real horrible mess. I mean, Justin, I mean, what did you make of the first 20 minutes? Just, like, from watching it and just the analysis side of things. Uh, it was just... We were so slow out of the traps. I don't mm-hmm. understand how this continues to be an issue. Um, it, it, it's you, you can't. You, you have to play ninety minutes. You, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a period of time where you're actually gonna slow up in a game, do it in the last twenty when you're already up several goals. Right? That's that's how we used to play. That, that's how we've won a lot of games. Not, we're not doing that lately. Like there's something about the way in which we're starting where, where it's just. We're, we don't seem to either, we either just seem to hop and pop but don't score, or we seem to not assert ourselves until we get, until we get hit. And neither of those are particularly durable ways to win football games. Like, you're not, you're not, you're not going to, it's a low-scoring sport. You're not typically going to win if, if you're allowing the first goal in every single game, especially considering the fact that as much as we don't want to sit there and talk about it, most, the reason that you know, low-block defenses work in the Premier League is because most Premier League defenders are actually quite good. And you can't let Premier League defenders just sit in. Now, that's not what happened today. United continued to attack us, gave us plenty of opportunities, and we just did nothing with them because of the fact that we had, we were edgeless, toothless, whatever words you want to use. But the first 20 was just time after time again of them breaking through us. Ilanga should have scored right before Sancho scored. Yeah. And like they, they cut through our midfield at will. Yeah. Every single person. Who melted down for an hour before that game on Twitter or in Discord or wherever they were melting down at the lineup with 100% cross. And they got proven correct very quickly, and it, and it sucks because I wanted not to be wrong. Yeah. I thought those days of people having meltdowns over, over the lineup were long gone, but you know, I think there is real cause for concern. And I think that they're back. They're back. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what the, the worst thing was? Obviously, you're watching that game and you're like, oh gosh, you know, and then you're thinking, okay, well, what can Klopp do? And you know what the sad thing was, Justin, was the fact that maybe just looking at that bench, Klopp all he had, maybe two realistic options to do and and three evidently in in Chimikas. but you know it was the likes of oh god you know Fabinho has to come on he must come on and obviously we'll talk about that as as he does come on in the second half but you know you're looking at that bench you're one nil down like clearly like if he had a full healthy team and a strong bench you know you know like he's in a situation where he can change things up really really quick and you're looking at that bench and you're like well you know like there's no way on earth Bobby does a full a full game, you know, full 95 minutes um, with that kind of performance. But here we are, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I thought, you know, I thought Liverpool then did start get some, you know, they did try. I felt like they were trying to, you know, create some kind of um, fluidity in their passing. They were trying to, you know, create some connection. I thought Robbo and Diaz had had a moment. I think it was around about 37 minutes. Um, You know, they were trying to link up. But for me, the, the most outstanding 
part of like that first half in terms of Liverpool's chances was I kind of talked about it earlier on in the pod was around about 41 minutes where I think it was a corner to Liverpool and Milner drills it in and you know um both uh, Martinez and uh, Fernandez were diddly daddling with it and if there was somebody in there like would have you know somebody who was quick to react Roberto Firmino just was not quick enough to react in them two having a brain fart moment it's one apiece I, I just felt like mentally we were not there forget physically mentally we were slow I felt like some of the passing from Gomez was awful today you know Trent you know was having an absolute nightmare on the right you know I thought I thought you know United were attacking our right hand side of the defense which so many teams do and oh, you know that Trent was that, so bad with it Trent's had yeah. a very important start to the season mm. He looks like he put on too much muscle and sacrificed mobility. Now, this could just be me, you know, making comments, but he's looked a step slow. Um, you know, I think it's a fair comment to ask, his, Did uh, like, are we still paying the price for last season right now? I think it feels like we are. But it feels like, you know, we're, we're, we, we are running in cement, and I think it might be, did we, you know... Are, are we dealing with the mental uh, the mental fatigue from last season? Are we dealing with physical fatigue from last season? Is it something completely different? Um, I also am uh, going to interject a particular comment from a certain uh, German fella. We should have won this game. I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's how I saw it. Um, very Panglossian, but frankly incorrect. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you there. As much as we love Jurgen Klopp, I, I don't know what game you were watching. You know, um, uh, I don't. Did you, did you have any individual bright spots? You know what? No, I would probably only say um, the only player that showed up and he pretty much lasted the full 90 was um, probably Harvey Elliott. And I thought when Cavalio came on, you've, you've touched on this as well. I thought he really made a difference in, in the second half. Yeah. But let's... Okay, so that, that's the first half. So um, I, also, can I just say, I thought Michael Oliver actually had a really, really shocking game. I'm just going to say it. I thought... Oh, he's terrible. Thought, yeah, I, I thought, you know, Trent was lucky to not get a booking there on roundabout. I think it was about six minutes. But Dallow was awful with Diaz this game. Um, a fair few times. And he just didn't do anything. And we'll get to the Bruno Fernandez time-wasting thing, as obviously when we get into the second half. But I, I thought he absolutely bottled it. I understand where he wanted to maybe keep it a bit disciplined, and maybe didn't want to send, you know, give early bookings, let the game free flow. But like, I, I feel like, you know, we're not, we're not really consistent with what, what we're trying to do here. So, Justin, let's move on to the second half. I mean, have you got any takeaways from the first half? No, I was hoping for the half time whistle to be blown on like 25 minutes. Mm. Okay, let's move on to the second half. And I thought Liverpool started off really bright. Um, I thought, yes, Klopp has probably put a rocket up their ass, but um, lo and behold, 52 minutes, Rashford on the counter. I mean, we let's talk about the errors and the lead up to the goal because, again, so fucking easy. But, again, I'm really, really pissed off because, for me, that goal, like, I don't know how they let mark these goals as onside and offside because I don't know what, what line they're using. For me, as soon as he went off, I was like, he's off there. And they did uh, check it on VAR and it stood. So, I, again, I'm just a bit like, okay, what the fuck? 
angle you're looking at wasn't a straight on angle, so it's tough to tell. I mean, but the, the worst part about that goal is just Henderson. I mentioned it earlier, you know, people he said great assist, Hendo, but he plays Rashford in. Like, the only time I'd be happy with the pass, like, with the back pass like that that plays a guy in was when Gerard passed the ball to Didier Drogba to deny United a title in 2010. Mm. That's the last time I've been, like, playing a back pass like that in, just fucking whack it out of play. Like, it, it was, it's just a horrific, horrific pass from Henderson. And it's, it's a, you know what? It's a game-losing act. Right? Is Henderson solely to blame for this particular loss? No. Is he highly culpable? Absolutely. You can't pass a ball like that backwards when your last man is basically parallel to you. That is a suicidal pass. And it hurt us. It probably killed us. It was horrendous. And you know what? He didn't last much long after that. And I think Klopp probably started seeing the writing on the wall as well. And then... Obviously, 58 minutes, Hendo comes off, Fab comes on. Um, I have no idea why Fab did not start this game. Um, you know, you literally are away from home. You put on your best, you know, defensive midfielder. But, you know, Fab came on. And, you know, um, I, I felt like he was just doing a better job at, like, sort of screening the defence. And, you know what, I think he might have had the first... Um, uh, sh- you know, he forced a save out of the year on 66 minutes, which was probably the first. Am I right? First on target? It was. I think it was our... No, no, the first shot on target was Diaz in the first half on that quick flick. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, uh, but forces forces a save out of um, uh, the year. Yeah, well, I, don't, I, I don't get why it took Klopp so long to make changes. When you see that something is clearly going wrong, at some point you have to realize the players aren't going to play themselves out of it. Right? Like... Sometimes you have to, recognizing when your players are going to raise their game and play themselves out of it versus recognizing when they need a a change is the hardest thing to do in management, in 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 in-game management in football. But there's a reason that, you know, these guys are as much as they are. It's because you want the, you know, the best guy making those decisions. And Klopp just thought that he, I mean, left Miller on for 70 minutes. Yeah. James Miller on for 70 minutes. 36-year-old James Miller for 70 minutes is... Not going to do it. He's a guy who's been playing thirty minute intervals. Um, so yeah, I think it, I think he just really just missed those changes. We had two shots on target through sixty three minutes against a bad defense, and then we actually had a significantly high corner count. You have Virgil Van Dijk, who's an elite header of the ball, but we just couldn't get any delivery into a spot where it threatened them. And this wasn't a particularly big United team; they were all pretty small, like. We didn't, in, in any of the spots where we could physically impose ourselves, we didn't. And it, it, that's, I mean, that's really it. They, they didn't hide from the fight, and we hid from the fight. Um, I am also going to take a moment to notice one thing, right? There have been multiple comments into the chat box and into, in, into the chat box and the, the live, and the live Discord asking why we're not talking about the midfield. What podcast are you doing? We've been slamming the last hour. We 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 started with the rough, the real rough. We have been speaking about it, guys. Yeah. Well, there you go. Now you have to listen to the entire show if you joined us late. Yeah. Like we haven't been kind to the midfield here. They were terrible. So bad. So so bad. Spoiler alert. Literally, physically, they did everything you don't want a midfield to do in a football game. We pulled the goal back, though. That was nice. 
That was nice. And you know what? Before that happened, obviously, like you said, Cavalio came on, made a difference, uh, 72 minutes. So he comes on at 72 minutes. Um, uh, before that, um, uh, I think Cavalio, um, uh, it was on the 80, it was 81st minute, wasn't it? Elliot Bowling, Cavalio takes, Cavalio takes a shot. Uh, keeper saves it and it kind of falls into more, well it falls into the path of Mosolani heads it home near post thank you very much Mosolani is the best in anticipating around and finishing it and it's a good way to get goals you know what you know what also creates those opportunities actually shooting the ball on net like I don't think we shoot enough sometimes I think we take a lot of pot shots but I don't think we actually try to work into good shooting situations and just hope that you know you might see bounces deflections and chaos we did that today once where we got bounces deflected in chaos and it went in. Otherwise, I feel like we're trying to score uh, worldies every single time. And that's, uh, that's harder to come by. Yeah, I felt like a lot of the shooting today was quite aimless. Certainly the first half, you know, just hoof the ball and stuff. Yeah, I, I felt that as well. A really, really toothless up front. And I think and that didn't really help me, Justin, because my where I watched on Sky Sports, they kept panning the camera to Nunez, who was in the stands watching with Thiago. And I was like, you could have been feasting tonight. Yeah, he could have been. I mean, we didn't test the fact that they have a five foot nine inch center back who's been getting destroyed by Premier League forwards for the first two weeks of his career in the Premier League. We didn't put him under any pressure. We made him look like he was an actual Premier League center back. Like, and then, you know what? And that's going to grow his confidence. And, you know, that pisses me off because, you know, you kind of want to rattle them as much as possible. So Mo Salah gets his goal as Mo Salah would. Um, but um, it was the aftermath for me. And um, uh, Bruno, of course, already on a yellow for his dive against Robbo. Um, earlier on in the half, but he grabs the ball, doesn't give, doesn't give the ball to Mosala. Mosala wants to kick on with the game naturally. There's nine minutes of normal time to play, and you know he's holding on to the ball. I think Roberto Firmino's pretty much had enough of him as well, trying to take the ball off him. But he's being a little, you know, spoiled little kid, and it's all in the eyes. It all in in the view, you know, in in you know Michael Oliver's eyesight, and he doesn't book him because I'm sorry that for me, like I thought. Oliver bottled it there. Oh, if referees are going to clamp down is, on time wasting, then do it. Oliver is a coward. Um, I think that ultimately the problem here with refereeing throughout this league is that they're all bad. They're all consistently bad. It feels like they're corrupt, but in reality, they make the same level of basically shitty calls for most teams. And you only notice when it, when it affects a team that's directly competing with you for some sort of position, be it, you know, the title or to avoid relegation of the top four. Because the standard of refereeing in this league is just fucking dog shit. And Michael mm-hmm. Oliver wasn't good, but if I'm, looking for, if I'm looking for reasons to, you know, complain in this game, I would just point out as a footnote that Michael Oliver was really bad. But, like, you know, refereeing had no actual bearing on the outcome of this game. Right. That it, taking, taking Bruno Fernandez off would have basically been them playing for ten men with ten men for about you know not for about for about ten minutes, whereas we looked like we played for ten with ten men for about or nine men in the first half for a long time. So um, you know it's it's very 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 much keyed in on what you've uh, what you right. We 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 like 
we were dog fit. The referee was dog fit. The entire day was dog fit. I hope to forget about it relatively quickly, but fear that I won't. I don't think there's anything more notable to say after that point. I felt like, yeah, we, we had a lot of possession. I felt like, you know, in, in the second half, the ball was all in their half and we were trying to do stuff. But I just felt like they were just sort of defending, like, you know, as as you'd expect them to. And, you know, um, it was almost like, you know, the, the final ball wasn't quite happening. I think on the 84th minute, I think Klopp makes his final change. Robo comes off, Costas Shimikas um, comes on. but. I, I think as, you know, there was five minutes of injury time, but, like, I don't know. I just didn't, even though we had all that possession and, you know, like you said, we had a lot of set pieces, a lot of corners were coming our way. It just, for me, didn't feel like it was an equaliser was going to come. That's how I felt watching the game. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. I, I didn't feel like there was any chance of us scoring. They had time. They, they figured out, they did all the cynical stuff that we don't do time from time wasting at all uh, when we have leads. And, you know, I think I'm a little bit tired of us being too nice. Um, if we come out of this season and win no trophies besides the Fair Play Trophy and the Community Shield, um, you got to say that that's failure. Um, um, you know, at least, I'll say this, at least when Darwin got sent off for his red card, he showed some fight, showed significantly more fight than any of our, any of our you know, Veteran leadership. Is that a day. good thing, though? Is that good? Because I need to. Of course, no. It's yeah. it's, it's stupid. Like it, I'm, I'm, funny. I'm, I'm grasping. I'm grasping yeah. for straws. We have two points with nine available. Yeah, I right? mean, like, like I, I know people love a fight, but I'm actually sat here now, even more angry at what Nunes did because. My God, did we need him today? And we're without him for three games. And can you imagine, like, if you're, I like a fight. I love a fight, but I like a fight where you're not a hothead and you might get sent off, especially where Liverpool are right now. You know, we don't have the luxuries of where we are right now in terms of how, like, crippled we are with injuries. I, could, I was looking at that. If this game, we might have won because of how much he stretches the other team's back yes. line backwards. Yeah, like, I'm not being funny. Is, the it, is, it is an unforgettable... His red card in that game is definitely one of the factors that basically play against Palace. Is one of the factors that probably plays into us potentially merely drawing that game instead of potentially winning it, coming out here and potentially winning it. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a maneuver that could have cost us five points, right? That's how I, ha- I have to look at it. On the other hand, you know what? At least, at least there was at least a passion towards doing something. Granted, it was the wrong thing. Whereas in this game, you had a bunch of players who looked totally disinterested in anything resembling actually competing with another, with another set of athletes. Like, what's worse? Doing something really dumb because you're fired up or showing no passion? I think they're both equally as bad because they're both detrimental. Yeah. At most Sorry, go ahead, Justin. But you'll take the one that at least demonstrates some, some element of, you know, care because at the very least, you know that like, it, it was done because the player actually gives a shit about competing. Yeah, I, I see. I see the logic in that, but yeah, in terms it's of outcomes, no, yeah. like I'm, argue, I'm arguing, like what's the worst thing of two bad outcomes? And the answer is probably still going to be Darwin's red card in the long term, because we now because we still don't have him now for Bournemouth and a Newcastle game that, quite frankly, I'm going to be talking to you about next week because I'm on with you then too. That really looks like we're going to go into that as underdogs. Yep. 
I think we all Both watched them, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Both of them are Anfield, but like, you know what? That's not a team that seems like they're particularly scared of us. Like yeah. we're, we need to, we, we need to either get, we need to get like, Klopp needs to make tougher decisions. We need to get players healthy again. And we also probably need to get someone in who, quite frankly, we're not relying on for two or three months of betting in. They got, you know, we need somebody who can hit the ground running now. Because quite frankly, you know, if you were actually going to sit there and say that Milner and Henderson today looked like they were, you know, widely skilled and employed in our pressing structure, then I, you know, you'd be like, is this the first time they've ever actually played this system? Because it doesn't look coherent right now. No, it really, really doesn't. And, you know, like, I know, like, I know social media can be a bit of a cesspit. And, you know, you you have, like, you know, uh, Klopp knows better than you. You know, you get those people as well. Then you get the people who get, you know, knee-jerky about everything and who get angry about everything, you know, the FSG out brigade and things. But I think after watching that, I hope we are all... You you know like together in in realizing that we actually do need to buy a midfielder and I hope Klopp's eyes are up. I I hope they're doing something. Like there's no way on earth he can sleep a peaceful night knowing that that is his midfield. I I refuse yeah. to believe it. I refuse no, to no. believe it. He's not stupid. He might just be too stubborn for his own good sometimes. More often than not. He's been wildly successful and gets it right, but you know what? When he's been getting this wrong, when he, he gotten this one way wrong. And uh, I'm going to give you another quote. Pop on Kata. It happened yesterday. We need further assessment. It doesn't look like he'll be in training tomorrow. If it's actually true that Nabi Kata got injured before this match, right? Then, and it's not just you know taking him out of the, the line of fire because of uh, things that are happening between his agent and the club. Then guess what? You still need to go out and find like like that's another midfielder down, right? And you you, you can't like you're going to throw away a season if you just if you do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, I, let's let's talk about this navigator situation. Like you said, there's two ways of it: oh, yeah. either he's hiding him from obviously the scrutiny, or he is genuinely injured, which is highly likely given his track record. I think again we can all agree, regardless of how you feel about this player, whether you rate him or you don't. I rate him. I know you do as well, Justin. But I think we can all agree that we can't rely on him. You just can't. Yeah, you can't. We can't. And you know what? It, you know what it is. Also, every single time we talk about Kata, somebody brings up Henderson, and it gets boring because of the fact that Henderson's been an established Liverpool player for a long time, which is why he's, which is why he's probably got a bit more fondness from the fan base. But the whole point is. You can't have one guy who's run himself into the ground and probably is on his last legs, and the and the other salve and, and the point that comes against that and, or player that's used as the kind of the why doesn't this guy get playing time over him is a guy who you legitimately don't know if he's going to be able to complete fifteen minutes of a match because he might get hurt. That's a bad problem to be in, right? I've been a bit cavalier about the not about the need for not having a midfielder. You know what? I'm pretty wrong about that. We should buy a midfielder and we should buy one that actually stays healthy. Agreed. And that's, and that is like probably the best approach to have, right? You know, hold up your hands sometimes and you're like, you know what? Actually, no, this is a big problem. And it demonstrated it today because, you know, the fact that it got outworked and outrun in this, against this Man United team is actually pretty horrendous. Like they were there for the taking. And they yeah. were horrendous. They were absolutely bad. I, I, I just, 
It sucks. Really don't want to lose to this team. Ever. Because you know we're about I mean, to hear what... United are back from, from the media too, right? You, you know, know what that's me? United are back. Yeah. You know what pisses me off, Justin? Like, obviously, and the majority of people listening to this and just people just joining us on Discord, but, you know, we've been Liverpool sports for quite some time. And, you know, as, you know, and I'll speak about me on a personal note. You know, like, when I spoke Liverpool, when Liverpool were very, very bad and United were very, very good. And losing to Man United always hurt. But we used to lose to a good team. It's worse when you lose to a United team that is fucking shit. Oh, it's absolutely worse. And like, you know, Nina, you put in a lot of effort doing these podcasts every single week. For, for those of you who don't know, I run, one, I run an official supporters club, one of, the, one of the largest ones in you know, North America and the oldest one in North America. I put a lot of work into this because I love this, right? Yes. And putting work into like, you know, just being a part of this ecosystem and supporter ecosystem because you love it. And then having to watch your team lose like this to their biggest rival, it is extremely painful. I hate it. I hate losing to United. And I hate losing to United when it looks like we were, that, that we, when, our, when we didn't even show up. I will take Mascherano getting sent off over this. Yeah. And again, it comes down to the fact, at least he gave a shit. Like, the biggest problem tonight is just, I keep coming back to this, the lack of effort. You know, Gags raised the point about the fact that Milner and Van Dyke and going at it on the pitch, that looks bad. Like, just, if, if, if you could, if, if I could, uh, you know, rescind a game to the, to the uh, you know, the, the, the annals of history where I'll never look it up, this is the, this is the one. Let's, I hope that this is, I hope this fires us forward rather than becomes a sign for things to come this season because... I'm going to watch all of these games, and I don't want to have to do it in a situation where they're just causing me constant pain. Yes, agreed. I, I hope that is the rocket up everyone's ass that they actually needed. You know, maybe this was it. Like, you know, being embarrassed by a really, really shit United team um, uh, was what they needed. I mean, for me, like, the, the slow start all this season has been giving me the COVID football season vibes. I can't lie. You know, when, you know, pretty much in the first 10 minutes, I knew exactly what kind of game or what kind of performance. Um, I was going to get just by the first 10 minutes. And you know what? Lo and behold, I was pretty much always correct because um, uh, it was not a great season. So, and again, loads of injuries that season as well. So we'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to wait and see. Justin, um, any final thoughts from you on this game in general? Anything you want to kind of get off your chest before we call it a night? As far as the top four race goes, there's plenty of time for that to shake out. Uh, you know, it's... It, it, you're never as bad as you are when you think you're at your worst, and you're never as good as you are as you are when you think you're at your best. So, uh, hopefully, again, they get this fixed, they get it right quickly, and we reel off a, a you know one of those long streaks of wins that we know this team has done in the past and might still be capable of. Wonderful stuff. Let's let's hope you're right, Justin. I mean, right now I'm I'm very deflated. I I can't lie. Right, guys, that is the end of the Nina Casa show. A massive thank you to our two callers. Um. Uh, Tyrone and um, Kevin, um, really, really appreciated your input. Everyone that joined us live on Discord, we we have like a pretty much a full house, which is pretty awesome. You know, lots of people joining and being interactive. Really, really appreciate your your input and your chat as well. Um, Justin, uh, before I let you go, where can people find you on social media? And um, you can uh, find me. 
Yeah, you can find me at Rolls on Chavez. You can also follow LFCNY. If you're ever in the New York City area and want to come watch a match, you can find us at the 11th Street Bar and a variety of other bars. And uh, as always, you know, try to take care of other other people. Food banks are, you know, are unfortunately a regular world. And uh, until we can eradicate poverty, let's at least, you know, do what we can to help out our fellow man. Wonderful stuff, Justin, and you know, best of luck to that. And I know you guys are doing a wonderful job, as are so many um supporters clubs, you know, just globally as well. Um, yeah, do help out those who are less less fortunate than than ourselves. Um, guys, um, thank you so much for listening to this Nina Calder show. I know it wasn't easy, it wasn't easy watching that game. Let's be honest, but thank you for sticking around. Um, we hope you feel better after that. Um, for my part, um. You know, Champions League football's gonna I think the draw's gonna happen soon, so I might be doing a podcast with Themis on that, getting a reaction. Um also if you're on Instagram, I do little videos there, so you can go and follow the at the Nina Kowser show. Um uh, would really, really help would really really um appreciate you um uh, sort of following that page. But guys, um thank you so much for listening and um take care. Um chins up until next time up the reds we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest lfc topics 24 7 Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.